going on, family? TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. And welcome to another edition of the Faction Quick Hits. I'm your man, GB Gerard Bonner. And I hope you are well. Listen, we've been riding together all week long, and we are at the end of another week. It's the last full weekend in the month of January. 2021 has already started moving at a breakneck pace. And I definitely hope you've been keeping up. I hope that for you, things have been going well, all your dreams are coming true, and uh, you're making the most of the year that we have. Shout out to everybody who joins us by way of social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at The Faction Show. We appreciate you. Big shouts to everybody who's listening to us right now. That's right, you who press the subscribe button or are joining us for the first time. We appreciate you in a massive way. If you're not subscribed, go ahead and click the subscribe button on whatever platform you are checking us out on. In addition to that, we'd love for you to uh, rate us and leave a comment in those spaces as well. It will allow other wrestling fans on those platforms to hear and see what's going on with the faction. And for everyone, do me a favor. Let today be a day where you decide to take it to social media or take it to your friends and loved ones what's happening here at the faction. If you love what we're doing, share it with someone else. Trust me when I tell you there really is enough of it to go around and you're not going to lose a bit. All right. All right. So with that said, let's dig into the Wednesday night wars, which took place, of course, Wednesday night between AEW Dynamite and NXT. And there are some very interesting things happening, and I have some theories, and I'm going to share them right now. NXT AEW, AEW Dynamite uh, won this battle this week, but the margin is far, far different. So they pulled in 734,000 viewers this week, which is down by 120,000 viewers from the week before. On the other side, NXT drew in 720,000 viewers, which is up uh, about 70,000 viewers from last week. Why is all of this important? Well, number one, AEW has a big event, uh, their Beach Blast, coming up next week, which uh, should be a very interesting show. Meanwhile, NXT is on the road to NXT TakeOver just a couple of weeks away, where we know for sure there's going to be, obviously, an NXT title match, as well as uh, the finals of the Dusty Rhodes Classic for the men and the women. Now, I have a theory, and uh, let me just share it with you. It's interesting on the AEW side of things that things keep kind of fluctuating in the way that they are. Now, we won't fully deny, obviously, that uh, things happen when there's certain kinds of competition uh, that they're battling. And truth be told, the Wednesday Night Wars, for the first three weeks of uh, 2021 have been in competition with some pretty serious things going on in the world, whether that is the insurrection at the U.S. Capitol on the first Wednesday of 2021, the impeachment of our former president on week number two, or last week, of course, the inauguration of our 46th president and 49th vice president. 
So there was a lot going on. Last week wasn't as large of an effect on it, but here's what is happening that I think is interesting. Over the last three weeks, AEW's ratings have really fluctuated, really over the last four to five weeks. They've fluctuated. Meanwhile, uh, on the NXT side of things, things have fluctuated not nearly as much, but we're seeing a major uptick in NXT. So here's part of my theory, right? Um, Obviously, the December 30th show, the last show for uh, both companies in 2020, was a special show because you were dealing with the passing of Brody Lee. So that Brody Lee show was certainly one of the biggest shows for AEW all year long. Following that, uh, they dropped about 300,000 viewers, but NXT picked up 60,000 viewers. Ironically, AEW started climbing back again two weeks ago and NXT fell. But here's what's happened. There's been kind of this yo-yo effect happening for AEW. And here's part of my theory. And if you're watching AEW, I wonder if you agree with this. I feel like Dynamite's live shows get better ratings than their taped shows. And here's part of the reason why. Um, I think in this current environment of wrestling, we have become very accustomed to live programming. If we're honest, WWE shows, whether be they Raw, SmackDown, or NXT, are always live or regularly live. AEW shows are live one week, taped another. And again, for them, part of that has to do with trying to make the most out of moments and keep people out of harm's way relative to COVID. So I get that. Uh, The flip side to it is it is just more difficult in these environments to make a taped show feel live. Now, there aren't uh, like the Monday Night Wars. There aren't a lot of spoilers that are happening for AEW Dynamite when they are taped. But the show just feels different from commentary to production. Everything feels different. And it's not the same as when they are live. That's noticeable. That's obvious. And so I think that is partially why uh, the ratings are changing. But here's the other side of it, because to see so many fans heading to NXT, like let's just consider this. NXT uh, has gained almost 200,000 viewers from two weeks ago, which is pretty significant. And this number that they pulled of 720,000 viewers is the largest of 2021. So that's significant. And I think that also speaks to the fact that NXT has remained consistent no matter what AEW has done. Um, They continue to put out great content. And again, they are building something. And so when you're building something, yeah, you know, and and I'll also say this. I think WWE in general uh, has history on their side in terms of how to battle competition. Uh, They've learned, of course, from the Monday Night Wars that you don't switch everything up on the fly. You decide to stay the course, keep building what you're building, and ultimately people will show up to that. Now, I think one of the challenges that Raw and SmackDown has is that they don't have the direct competition that NXT does. So I don't think that it is as uh, urgent of a need for them to build content, but they've got other things that they're dealing with, right? So 
Be that as it may, AEW, NXT, very tight war this week. I wonder what next week is going to be like since a huge show is planned for AEW and NXT will uh, be ever so close to their takeover event happening on February the 14th. So all of that is super, super interesting and uh, we'll be looking out for that for sure. In the world of Impact Wrestling, of course, one of the big stories that's happening right now is this partnership between AEW and Impact. It's something that certainly we did not see during the Monday Night Wars, and it is something that I think of great significance. I also have to mention this. AEW's continual use of the term Bullet Club intrigues me. You know, WWE at one point would just make reference to it. They'd call it the club, the OGBC, but never full on saying Bullet Club as much as we heard on Dynamite Wednesday night, which is making me ask one of two questions. Either this uh, is AEW just that bold to mention the Bullet Club, knowing that uh, there's a trademark issue with New Japan Pro Wrestling, or is it a sign that they could be working with New Japan Pro Wrestling, such as they are working with Impact Wrestling. I think only time will tell. And just if I put my own Booker hat on, what would be amazing to see would be really some of the folks from the Bullet Club in New Japan find their way to AEW to battle over the rights of the name. I think that'd be amazing. Can you imagine, you know, the Gorillas of Destiny showing up uh, to battle the Young Bucks or to battle uh, the Good Brothers? Like, it would just be crazy. So, uh, who knows? Stranger things have happened, but uh, it's the world of pro wrestling. Anything can happen, certainly, in 2021. So, with that said, I think AEW is obviously maximizing this connection with Impact. I'm not sure that it's the same on the other side. And here's what I'll explain. On one hand, yes, you have a private party who are the new number one contenders for the Impact Tag Team Championships. And so that battle between the Good Brothers certainly stands to be interesting, if for nothing else than the sake of history. But then what's happening with the world title picture and Impact? Now, for those who don't watch, you're probably just like, whatever. But when I share this with you, you're going to get what I'm saying. So Impact Wrestling went from this huge moment of Kenny Omega showing up as the AEW world champion on Impact. Uh, really in the month of December, it was pretty crazy. They had two weeks where they did uh, you know, a New Year's recap. And then they go into Hard to Kill, where the main event is the six-man tag that saw the Impact World Champion Rich Swan teaming with what was supposed to be the Motor City Machine Guns, but there was an injury. So Moose steps in as the quote-unquote TNA heavyweight champion to battle the AEW World Champion Kenny Omega and the Impact Tag Team Champions, the Good Brothers. Omega and the Good Brothers win that tag team match. And so what happens after that? What happens after that, in my mind, is, well, certainly you would have Rich Swan wanting revenge and ultimately leading to perhaps a title versus title kind of match, which could be dangerous for Impact because if Impact loses as they did at Hard to Kill, I think it dilutes their brand a bit. But what do you have uh, in terms of a world championship match? Who's the next contender for the world championship? Well, uh, it seems like it could make sense that it would be Moose. Maybe another shot for Chris Bay. Instead, 
It's Tommy Dreamer. Now, let's just say this. The only time that Tommy Dreamer could have legit been considered a world title contender was perhaps during the time of ECW, where certainly he was the emotional favorite for a lot of people, and his war with Raven was pretty significant, right? So you could make that argument, and he did ultimately become the ECW champion, even if only for a few minutes. But nowhere else in his career did anybody really think Tommy Dreamer world champion, right? We didn't even think Tommy Dreamer intercontinental champion or U.S. champion. We could see Tommy Dreamer as the hardcore champion. So what does it do at 50 for Tommy Dreamer as a birthday gift to get a world title shot? I think it's a bad look for Impact, considering that you are on the heels of this huge partnership with AEW. Now, could they go and change things at some point? Perhaps. What makes it even more significant is that this pay-per-view, this event, uh, No Surrender, is supposed to happen the night before NXT TakeOver. Just a bad look. So I think Impact's got to figure out what do we do if Kenny Omega's not going to be here every week? Um, what do we do to keep the Impact World title relevant? Because if you lose to the AEW World Champion or your team loses, and then you follow it up with a title defense on Tommy, Tommy Dreamer, anybody else seeing the logic here and how it doesn't make sense? And certainly it's not going to be attractive to new viewers. Anyway, just my thoughts on what Impact's doing. Before we go, we did promise you that we would bring you our Royal Rumble predictions. The Rumble is this Sunday. And I got to admit, with all the news about Peacock and everything else, I don't think the Rumble has been lost in all of it. I think there is a genuine excitement about the Royal Rumble for a few reasons. We know, number one, it leads to the road to WrestleMania. For two, we know that there are usually some great surprises involved. How that will be pulled off with no audience, I'm not sure, but there's still excitement for it. And three, it really is hard to tell going into the Rumble who could come out as the Royal Rumble winner. So I want to share a couple of thoughts and predictions that I have. They're just my own, you know, but uh, I think you'll find them intriguing. I want to start with the women's Royal Rumble match. I think there is a case for a few people to walk away as the winner. I think you could make the case for Bianca Belair, who I think for many is the odds on favorite to win. Uh, she's certainly been very, very strong coming into things. Her program with Bailey is pretty amazing. Uh, I think she's the sentimental favorite for a lot of us uh, to see her get that opportunity at WrestleMania. And would she go after the women's championship on SmackDown, which would mean her versus Sasha, which I think is amazing. Uh, who knows? Is she ready for a WrestleMania? The first WrestleMania, the first WWE event with live audience since the pandemic started? I don't know. Time will tell. But that's an option. I think her rival right now, Bailey, is also an option. Um, Bailey, who had an amazing run as a SmackDown Women's Champion, has never won the Royal Rumble. And what an opportunity for her to be in the Royal Rumble and once again give us the masterpiece of Sasha versus Bailey at WrestleMania. Now, I said months ago that I felt like Sasha and Bailey could main event WrestleMania, and I still feel that way. Um, the question is, if you've already had a Hell in a Cell match, what kind of match do you have or does it need to be a specialty match? Um, is Sasha versus Bailey for the SmackDown Women's Championship at WrestleMania enough? 
could be. Another thought to consider as a winner for the Women's Royal Rumble is Alexa Bliss. Look at the strength of what's been happening with Alexa Bliss over these last few weeks. And we can now see the true influence of The Fiend on Alexa Bliss. It's like we lost The Fiend, but we gained this new, darker Alexa Bliss who could be unbeatable. After all, she didn't lose uh, in her title match this past Monday against Asuka. She's got Asuka spooked. But here's the other problem, and I've seen this, of course, on the AEW side as well, uh, with the idea of Abaddon taking on their champion, Hikaru Shida. Beating a monster doesn't always make for good competition and doesn't always make for great longevity. You know, historically speaking, obviously, we've seen monsters of sorts or major evil villains take place. And, you know, it, it does what it does. But like we never saw Zeus uh, potentially as a world champion. We never saw, you know, even Andre the Giant as a world champion, even though, of course, he won it for a brief time. But the problem is, if you're virtually unbeatable as a champ, um, will we watch you? I think we watched Brock Lesnar to see who, if anybody, will beat him. Um, so there's that. So could Alexa Bliss win? I don't know, but I do think Alexa Bliss and Asuka at Mania with whatever entrance she could have with The Fiend would be nuts. Those are three possibilities. Here are a couple of other possibilities that nobody's mentioned that I think are worth talking about. Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley, of course, being the first NXT champion to defend their championship at WrestleMania, had a huge spot last year against Charlotte Flair. The challenge that you have there is after that match, she went on a downward spiral that I don't know she's fully recovered from. Could the Royal Rumble be her opportunity to recover and find her place back in the main event of WrestleMania fighting for a women's championship? We haven't mentioned Charlotte Flair yet, who is last year's winner, who could potentially be this year's winner and make for a great rematch with Asuka, a rematch from WrestleMania 34. That's a real possibility. Uh, do we want to see Charlotte in the main event for the women's side of WrestleMania? Maybe, maybe not. Could someone be more deserving? Perhaps. Could this battle with Lacey Evans distract her enough to keep her out of the WrestleMania main event? Perhaps. But I don't see a WrestleMania potentially without Charlotte Flair fighting for a championship. It's been that way since WrestleMania 32. Will that change? We'll see. Surprises. Um, there were a few opportunities. I think Raquel Gonzalez from NXT will find her way into the Rumble. She has been certainly a dominant figure in NXT, and uh, this would be a great way to continue to build her cachet. Uh, I think we'll see some legends show up. Uh, I don't put past Lita to return. Um, I think you could see Trish Stratus returning. But here's a name I haven't seen mentioned, but would make a lot of sense. Taya Valkyrie. Yeah, so for those who don't know about Taya Valkyrie, she's the wife of John Morrison, uh, the longest reigning Impact Knockouts champion in history. She's just finished her time up with Impact Wrestling, uh, losing uh, a big match against Diana Perrazzo just a couple of weeks ago and was simultaneously ushered out of Impact Wrestling. So it would make sense to me that she could perhaps reunite with John Morrison and perhaps 
be a boost to his career. An appearance of her at the Rumble would be crazy. It would get people talking and could add a new wrinkle to the women's division in WWE. That's a possibility. Um, yeah, so these are some thoughts rolling through my head about the women's side of the Rumble. On the men's side, I think there are some obvious potential moves. A lot of people have talked about Daniel Bryan, and there's a great story to be told with Daniel Bryan winning his first Royal Rumble. He's had two opportunities that I think many of us believed he should have won and did not. And to think that, of course, the Royal Rumble that he did not win, uh, the latest one where Roman Reigns won, was really the night that all of WWE, in terms of their fan base, turned on Roman Reigns because they wanted to see Daniel Bryan win. There's a story there that could be told, and uh, that story could be told at WrestleMania. I think there's a case for Cesaro to win. He has had tremendous momentum, and what a time it would be to push Cesaro into a place that a lot of people have believed he could be. Shinsuke Nakamura is potentially a dark horse, another one who has gained a lot of momentum lately, as I think there's an attempt to really uh, reignite his WWE career, and I've heard that his contract could be up, so, you know, who knows? So there's a, th a thought there. There are a lot of people that would like to see Bobby Lashley walk away as a winner here. Uh, I think Bobby Lashley's going to continue his U.S. title run for sure. Uh, unless, of course, he loses that to Riddle at the Rumble, which could happen. In that case, we could set up a situation for Bobby Lashley, though I think a lot of us want to see Lashley-Lesnar finally at WrestleMania. And speaking of Lesnar, he could be a surprise, which, by the way, speaking of other surprises I should have mentioned, on the women's side, we could see Ronda Rousey return. And Ronda Rousey would certainly ignite something in uh, the women's division. And a return at Rumble would be amazing. Uh, so as I mentioned, Brock Lesnar, he could be a surprise entrant. And he could certainly win this thing. That's a possibility. Edge has been announced. I kind of wish he would have been a surprise again. But I think WWE feels like they played that card pretty heavily last year. Do they want to repeat that? I don't know. But I think there is a conversation that Edge could win the Royal Rumble uh, and find himself in a rematch with Randy Orton. Uh, that means Randy Orton would have to get his hands on the championship, which I don't want to see that again. But there's talk of all of that, right? <sighs> so I think there are all kinds of opportunities for the Royal Rumble uh, and to see what would happen there. There's another name we need to mention, and that would be Keith Lee. Keith Lee has been kind of quiet these last few weeks, uh, but I think it'd be intriguing to see Keith Lee as a Final Four or even a winner of the Royal Rumble. Can you imagine Keith Lee, Drew McIntyre once again at Mania? That could be a real, real winner. And another thought that I had that nobody's talked about, is the return of Braun Strowman, the winner of the greatest Royal Rumble in Saudi Arabia a couple of years ago. He could really be a factor, and uh, he's been away for a while, so he could return and return in a moment like this. Randy Orton is in there. He's a two-time winner, could be a three-time winner, though I think he's too distracted by what's going on with both Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss. So I think there's all kinds of opportunities. And for a surprise entrant, let me throw a name out there. Jay White. 
Jay White from New Japan, who has contemplated quitting the business. His contract is up in New Japan. We've not seen or heard from him. Uh, it would be kind of like a 2016 entry with AJ Styles. Uh, I think it's a possibility Jay White could end up in WWE at the Royal Rumble this Sunday. So those are some of my predictions. One of the other things I want to mention to you is this. Be reminded that just because you've won the Royal Rumble does not mean you'll be in the main event of WrestleMania. Okay. Yes, I know contractually that's the case, but the road to WrestleMania has many winds, twists, and turns. And uh, as we saw, you know, the year that Becky Lynch won the Rumble, she ended up uh, in the match, but also there was a third competitor added, and that being Charlotte Flair. Kofi Kingston did not win the Royal Rumble, but yet ended up in the main event of WrestleMania. Daniel Bryan did not win the Royal Rumble in 2014, but he ended up in the main event of WrestleMania. WrestleMania. So there's still room for folks who may not win the Rumble to end up at the main event of Mania. I'll say this. If Bianca Belair does not win the Rumble, uh, I'm interested to see what her road to WrestleMania would be like. It could be another Kofi situation. Um, I don't know. It's all going to be interesting. But there's one way to find out, of course, to check out the WWE Network this Sunday as the pay-per-view begins at 7. Likely there will be a pre-show at either 5 or 6. And uh, we'll be intrigued to watch all of it as it goes down. We'll likely be live tweeting or having some sort of uh, interaction on social media. So make sure you're following us in all of the aforementioned places. Well, if I haven't mentioned them, let me say at the Faction Show on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. All right, it's time to get out of here. I hope you guys have enjoyed our preview of the Royal Rumble along with all of the other news that we've shared. Do us a favor. Again, give us a follow on social media. Also, be sure to subscribe to this podcast as well. Check out SmackDown tonight. Of course, we know some big things are going down. And then next week, for those of you who want to travel here to the Atlanta area, we've got SHW 24 a week from today. Really looking forward to that as the SHW championship is on the line and a whole lot more. All right, guys, until next time, it's your man GB Gerard Bonner representing for my good brothers Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman John Murray. Collectively, we're known as the faction. Have a great day. I need my